BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. What's up, Dream Nation? We are back again with another episode, and I'm sure this one right here will do nothing other than inspire you to go out there and, as my girl would say, get your coin. And so without further ado, please help me in welcoming my sister, Miss Ashley Ann, to the show. You want to go ahead and say what's up to Dream Nation? Hey, y'all. Hey, what's going on, Dream Nation? I'm super excited to be here today. Man, cool. excited. What? Yes, we're excited to have you on here. And the way that I always love to give the proper introduction, I don't know if you've heard before, but I like to compare us as entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and change makers to superheroes. And the reason being is because we're constantly flying around the world. We're putting on our cape and we're trying to solve some of the world's biggest problems. And so what we know is behind every superwoman, there is that lowest lane. And so behind the superwoman that we know as Ashley Ann, Take us back to when you were just a young girl and tell us who is that Lois Lane. Oh, country. Southern, I go between Southern and country. I guess I'm more country when it's time to get it done. And then sometimes I reside as a Southern belle, hardworking, family girl, really learned at an early age how to make nothing into something Mm. in the country in a place called Scott, Arkansas, no street lights, no sidewalk. So just so you get how country it is, like real life, dirt, dirt roads. No um, sidewalks. I hear no sidewalks. <laughs> I hear no street lights a lot or or maybe street or stop signs or something, but I never really hear no sidewalks. Those are like country, country. Like at night, it, it, it was time to go in. It was dark. You couldn't see anything. Like, <laughs> so I grew up in... The country, country, let's see. And you you learn how to work hard. You feed chickens, you do the hog pen. We had a garden that was probably the size of a football field that we worked. Definitely, I guess people would say humble beginnings. There was a time, it was like 10 of us living in a three-bedroom trailer. You know what I mean? And we didn't even, but none of the kids, none of us thought we were poor. None of us thought we were struggling. It was just life. You got out and you did what you did. So all of those things can still a really strong work ethic. And I think overall, they probably have given me my competitive advantage because you have to become creative and you have to get really resourceful with your resources. So it's really cool because I've been able to experience several economic you know, levels of going from literally, like I said, starting at a, at a, at a more humble spot in life, watching my parents work 
and build up to put us into a working class and becoming middle class. And then I kind of took the baton and went, you know what I'm saying? Like that. But yeah, so that's, that's it. Like at the core four, I love people. I think a lot of people would describe me as definitely giving, but also honest. I'm the friend. If you want to know the truth, call me and I'm going <laughs> to tell you. But not only am I going to tell you, I'm then going to do everything that I can to help you. You know what I'm saying? Accomplish right. whatever it is. Come to my house. I always got something for you to eat or for you to drink. That's where that <laughs> Southern Belle comes out, that Southern hospitality. Always. I love events and design and for things to be beautiful, but I want them to be functional. So I know some people, either or, I, I can't deal with either or. It has to be beautiful and it has to be functional. And I definitely am resilient and super consistent. I tell people all the time, and I may not be the smartest, I may not be the fastest, but you're not going to outwork me. Mm. I'm the most consistent and I have the most endurance and everyone else will fall away and I will still be there. So, yeah. (laughs) I love it. Consistency and resiliency is, that's the the formula for resilience for success, if I've ever heard it. And so I I love that you said that for a lot of people right now, I think that that's where they're struggling at. And maybe you can attest to this because you've helped so many clients. But before we even get into all of that, let's talk about how your entrepreneurship journey really started. Because for you, you've been doing multiple things. You have college degrees, so you can resonate on that side. But then you've also been able to not only have seven-figure, eight-figure success for yourself, but also help clients do it. So you've been, like you said, all over the spectrum. Where did this start for you? And especially where did this start for you in the becoming a business owner world? Oh, if I'm really like, because someone had asked me this before a few years ago, and I really, really had to think about it. I've always had the gift of business and making money, like literally my whole life. Even when I go back to junior high or high school, I was the kid that could raise the most funds. I could come up with the ideas. You know what I'm saying? I remember, I think it was in in high school, and I was on the African-American Studies Club. And we were doing a fundraiser and I was like, oh, we should sell teddy bears and flowers and blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? I've been a hustler. Like I, I sold Avon when I was in high school. Like who's doing that? I was selling lip gloss to all the little girls and to my teachers. And I was showing the manual to come you in. You had with to get stuff. the coin. I would go with my grandma to the farmer's market and get stuff set up to sell or whatever. So I, I know it sounds weird, but it's all that I know has always naturally been in me. And you have to have my mom tell you these stories. She's oh no, She's like, always had a gift. You've always been different. She was like, when I was a little kid, they would have to stop me. Like, I want to wear like gloves and boas and hats to school. So clearly, like knowing how to attract attention and then convert that, which I didn't realize that's what I was doing at the time, but being able to convert that into some type of sale or action that I wanted people to take. So like probably way, way back then when I realized that I had a gift when it came to like monetization and sales and conversion and stuff like that, I don't, I didn't really pick that up until I was like 25. Mm. And where did that start for you picking that up? Because I think a lot of people struggle with that. And and I think the thing that is, is so dope to watch is it seems like you've already, you've always known who exactly you were. Where a lot of people, they struggle with selling too much because they feel like they're not a salesman. But for you, did you ever have that struggle early on that you were like, I don't want to come off too salesy? Nah, like, because I, I didn't. And again, this is how 
sometimes things are just God gives all of us different gifts. I've, I've, I've always just been in the vein of informing, you know what I'm saying? Like mm. it was, it was, I didn't have to sell a client to get their event budget to go up. Let me backtrack. Let me answer the question first. So for those of you that don't know me, which is pretty much all of you guys, because I'm new to your community. So my very first company that I made a million dollars is an event design and production company called Events by Ashley Ann. It is still operational right now. I do luxury events. So all of these ostentatious like weddings and baby showers and dirty 30 parties and people hanging out of the ceilings and all that stuff. That's me. That's what your girl does on the creative side. Remember, I told you I like aesthetically pleasing things. That's how I learned that I was gifted at social media, monetization, and sales. Now, if we back that back a little further, when I was in college, I had a professor, Dr. Ron McGoy, and he was probably, probably the person that realized that I was really gifted at sales. And he was like, you're natural at it because you're not salesy. He said, you're really good at taking high-level information and breaking it down so that people can consume it and making them want whatever it is that you're talking about. So that was it. And when I was like sales, I'll be honest, because I grew up in the country and I, I, I live in Arkansas, y'all. So it's not like I have a lot of examples of other black men or black women in high level executive positions or sales positions and things like that. So I didn't even really realize that was a career. So when he said sales, I'm like, like sales shoes, you know, shirts. Right, right, all. right. No, I'm not, it's not registering to me right? in that capacity. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I get a lot of tips because I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, well, I used to work at Taco Bell. I used to get tons of tips in the drive-thru. People said, what's up? It's still not connecting the dots. Help me get the gig with the corporation that I started working for because he was like, no, he was like, you're really, he's like, you really need to think about high-end, high-dollar sales. Now, at the same time, I was going through an entrepreneurship program and we were having to do a feasibility study. And I had another professor, Professor Don Bradley, and that was the one that like pushed me to cultivate my idea for my business. And that's how I actually got events by Ashley Ann up and running and out of hobby mode. So that's when I actually became a entrepreneur. Like that's right, how a real business owner. Yeah, that's how I became a real business owner. But just naturally in my life, I had always been hustling and selling stuff in college. Okay, so back in the day when I was in college. The hairstylist would charge the girls if they wanted a weave, they would charge them $10 a track. I'd be like, nah, I'll sell your, I'll sell your weave for 75 bucks. I was rocking and rolling, like killing it. I would, I've always been a really, really good cook. Like I love cooking. Like I'm, I'm telling you, I can get down like restaurant style quality. I'm telling you, when you come here, I'm about to cook for you. Yeah. So I, in college, I would cook and sell plates and I was like making mad money <laughs> and I still was working and I worked in the computer lab and I also like worked part-time at Target. So like that thing of I'm going to work and get stuff done. And I was still handling my schoolwork and all of that stuff. But when I say it just has been there. It's always been there. And I'm going to figure out how to make my coins, you know what I'm saying, and get whatever it is that I, that I need to get. So it was just more the process of kind of like streamlining it. And then when it comes to knowing who I am, even when I was younger and I didn't fit in, I didn't care that I didn't fit in. I just was fine being by myself. Like, I just, you know what I'm saying? And I'm older now. And I'm like, oh, I was different because I had a, a different design on my life. I'm not supposed to be like everyone else. But like that whole little struggle, kind of like, who am I? Am I coming off too salesy? I don't sell anything to people. I just inform people, which is what I teach my clients, which rolls down to attraction modeling and attraction marketing. So 
And we're just here to inform. And I'm going to put down something. And if somebody wants to pick it up, cool. That's, mm. that's, that's, that's the sum total. And so I think that's a big takeaway for people. Don't worry about being salesy. Just worry about listening to your customer and informing them or educating them about whatever the problem is that they're trying to solve or the desired state they want to get to. And if you can do that, your sales will go through the roof. And even if you have people on your sales team, don't try and teach them all these crazy high pressure sales tactics. Just teach them literally listen to your clients, figure out how you can help them and educate them on their options to solve their problem or get to the desired result. Hmm. So much wisdom right there. And I love it when you said just listen, figure out their pain points, because a lot of the times people don't even know they just have these frustrations, but they don't even know what their pain points are. So if you could showcase that in a way that you say, I heard you. And if I heard you correctly, here's a pain point. Here's a pain point. Here's a pain point. And people be like, oh, my God, it feels like she knows me. And then at that point, it's what what since you know me this well, what's the solution so there's pain point and you're like, yeah, I thought you would see it on my side. Now let me get my coin. <laughs> that's it. That, that's all it is. That's the whole secret sauce. And I would say if anyone that's listening feels like you're over salesy, you probably are if you feel like you're yeah. over salesy. And I would challenge you to look at maybe your last three to five interactions with clients, whether they close. Or if the, if the deal, you know, fell apart, but go and look back at them and pay attention to your interaction and honestly ask yourself, were you really listening to that client or were you just trying to force information about your product and all the cool features and what the service is? And you got to buy right now because it's not going to be here forever. Let me tell you all this. With events, and this is, again, getting a little older and realizing more of my gifts, who needs a $50,000 baby shower? Nobody. Right. Who needs a $250,000 or $500,000 wedding? Nobody. Who needs women hanging out of the ceiling, pouring champagne and glasses? Nobody. So I was able to build a business during the recession selling stuff that nobody needed, but they wanted it. And because I was good at explaining it and listening to my clients and figuring out what their desires or what their dreams were or what they wanted to accomplish, what was the end goal for this, I was able to blow it out of the water. And so look at those last three to five interactions and be honest with yourself. Were you really listening to that person when they came to you and said, this is what I want to accomplish? Because most people that I meet, they don't know what they want. You know what I'm saying? They don't know what they need when it comes as far as like buying a product or a service or something like that. They know the desired outcome they're looking for, but they have no idea what it really takes to get to that spot. And so that's that's where you fill in the gap. You're the bridge. Okay. You're telling me this is the desired outcome that you want. So let me give you the process or the steps to get to this desired outcome. You're the guide. Is it, right? Yeah. You got to think of yourself as the guide. You're not the hero. You're the guide. If you can guide that person to get those steps and you can unco- and you can make it simple, then they're going to continue to do business with you and they're going to refer you out. But first yeah. off, you got to listen. And so I love that you said that. Talk to me about you've done so many things and been successful at so many things and you've never been unapologetic about those. Right. Or did I say that right? You've never been apologetic. 
right? You've been very unapologetic, right, about those. That's the way that I wanted to say it. So for a lot of people right now, when they first start out and they want to start this business and they're looking at it and they're trying to figure out what their gift is, and maybe they haven't had one of those professors that has said, hey, here is what your gift is. So they're trying to figure it out on their own. But they have a struggle because they don't know if they should be going after profit where it might not be as much of their gift, but they can get the coin and they can make sure that they can at least be able to pay their bills or the passion, but they don't necessarily know how to monetize that passion. For you, how are you able to decide and prioritize which you should go after first to build a foundation? <laughs> so I am a strategist. That's one of the, the biz building is the gift and it's comprised of a bunch of different things. And so I have to be really good at strategy, especially working in these social media streets because there's a there's just a lot out there. So you got to be able to navigate the water. God, and I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna pee in somebody's Cheerios when I say this, but passion does not pay your bills. Mm. I think ultimately we want to get to a place where we're doing things that maybe we like to do or we're passionate about them. But I feel like the overall thing is, are you in your purpose? And there may be some things that you do along the way to get you ultimately on the right path to your purpose, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I I feel like, for instance, my event design and production company was a vehicle to that. Like, I love design. I still do a few events every year because when that creativity is in you, you got to get it out. But at the end of the day, it led me to my ultimate purpose, which was helping as many people as possible make money doing things they like to do. So I think sometimes if we're looking strategically and we're making a plan, like somebody could be in a nine to five right now that it really doesn't align with your purpose. It's really not your passion. But like you said, it pays those bills. Okay, so let's create an exit strategy around there. Like I worked for three years before I went full time. From the time I got it in my head, I started this company. I still worked for other people for three years before mm. I was full time entrepreneur. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I, it, it grinds my gears and people are like, oh, just jump out there. Just leap on faith. Child, no. Okay, the Lord said be decent and in order. There's probably only 0.001% of people that are listening right now that God was actually like, you need to quit and leave right now. Most of us, it's going to take maybe a year or two years or three years to be able to plot that out. So if you have something that's generating profit for you right now, and it can fund your dream or fund your ultimate goal, be resourceful with your resources. Use that to your advantage. That's what I'll say. I was a substitute teacher for a while, for probably about two years, actually. And I did that because it allowed me to earn income while I could still build my business. The teaching schedule, I was off by 3.45 in the afternoon. So that means I still had in between four o'clock and 6.30 to go to site visits, client calls, meet, meet, do consultations of anything that I needed to know. Teachers also have a prep period. So I would bring in my VoIP phone and I would bring my own internet. And during the teacher's prep period and during that lunch period, guess what I was doing? making calls, sending emails, talking to people. Was I passionate about being a substitute teacher? No, like not at all. I liked it, you know what I'm saying? And I enjoyed getting to be around the kids because I like to work with high school kids and because I'd already been mentoring anyway for a few years at that point. But that was not my passion, but it was a path that created profits for me. And it was a pathway for me to get to my ultimate goal. 
So that's how I feel about that. I'm, mm. I'm not even sure if I did. I answer the question. You did. You, you did. But I guess more you. So you definitely answered a good portion of it. And I think somebody right now, you gave them some security and not feeling pressurized to the fact that they need to walk out of that door tomorrow. But on the other side, if they feel like that they have multiple things of what they could do, how did you decipher that this is the one thing I'm going to go after to create the foundation and then the other things I'll build upon them. Because for somebody right now that says, okay, I'm a great writer. I don't mind Facebook ads. I think I could learn that. I'm pretty good at that. I love to just be with people. So I probably could put on events or like, how would somebody be able to know here's the area that you should go down first and then build on the other ones after that? Or would you I say, just throw everything at the wall, see what sticks? No, nah, we can't throw because you're only one person and if you're split in all those different directions, you can't really focus on anything and develop it the way it needs to be developed. I would suggest getting a notebook. Like I have notebooks all over the house. Like here's one right here and I have different books for different things. And so this was one that I actually, I sketched in this one. So it has blank space. Every entrepreneur I've ever met, every creative person, we have so many ideas and a lot of them are really, really good ideas, but it just may not be time for that idea at that you know, at the moment. So write them down inside of a book and then like literally do it on your laptop or your iPad or I'm old school, like pen and paper, make a list and you're going to start like figuring out what type of resources does it take to get this particular vision off the ground? Then what is the demand in the current market for this particular thing right now? Like for instance, I love events and I do events. I would never advise anyone to open up an event design and production company right now. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Unless you're doing virtual events for people or digital events, or maybe you're specializing in helping companies take their physical events and transition them into the online space. What are you doing, pimp? Like that that's crazy. <laughs> and so I, so it, it depends. But like two or three years ago, I would have been like, yeah. Go for it. Then that could be your ultimate goal is maybe to be an event designer or have an event space, but it's not time for that right now, if that makes sense. So I think you have to look at the resources it's going to take, the timing for this, what's going on in the world, what are people, and again, you sell by listening. So what do what are people saying they really, really want? What do they really need right now? So seeing which of those ideas line up with that. Then looking at your skill set that you have right now, how like how much of this is already in you or what do you need to learn or go and get developed? Like you said, whether it's through a course or a class or an academy or going to a conference or something like that. And then once you I think once you go through those three things, because you're going to like all of them anyway, they're your ideas. Right. Pick the one that gives you the most favorable results. That's the way I did it. Hey, what's up, Dream Builder? Have you been getting any value out of this episode? Would you like to get more exclusive content just like this delivered right to your inbox? If so, head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com and you can sign up for the email list and that will give you access to exclusive content and more interviews just like this that's going to be delivered only to our tribe. So head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. Let's get back to it. When you first were getting started out, and I know you talked about your professors, but when you first started getting into business, did you have a coach or mentor or anybody that was already on the path or did you have to figure it all out yourself? 
It was 50-50. So I was, one of the things that one of my professors did, they were partnered with the um, SBA. And I'll be honest, I didn't get too many warm fuzzies from the SBA. It was a bunch of old white dudes that didn't get me. No disrespect to old white dudes. Shout out to all the white dudes that fool with your girl. But but old white man totally has a different experience in life than a young black woman. You know what I'm saying? It It just is what it is. And a lot of those guys did not see value in what I wanted to do as far as like event design and production and creating these spaces. They 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 honestly didn't get it. They really thought they actually told me it wouldn't work. <laughs> Jokes on them. It did. Right. Um, but but one of the so but one of the things with working through the SBA, I found out in the state of Arkansas, we have a minority we have a minority business division and all they do is focus is on helping minority business owners grow, get contracts, become subs and things like that. So I went to one of the meetings for the Arkansas Minority and Business Economic Business Development. So I went down to one of those meetings and I was like, okay, I was like, I need to go through the process of filling out the application, learning, coming to the trainings. And so there I met this guy named Anthony. Anthony is amazing. He used to work for BOA and they were like literally number two in the country with commercial lending and financing and developing businesses and things like that. And the state of Arkansas had snapped up Anthony. And so he worked with the state of Arkansas, him and Miss Karen. And they taught me a lot as far as putting together my capability statements, packaging myself, how to read the actual contracts and the proposals, how to submit what I needed to submit properly. Mm helping me with financing when it did come time for me to get a line of credit and a loan, like all of those sorts of types of things. They definitely helped me to a great capacity. And then in the event world, though, as far as like how to market or what stylish or putting out or attracting your customer, they weren't really able to assist with that. There was more stuff that I had to figure out on my own which ended up being the greatest thing for me ever because look at what I do now, career-wise, and people want to know how am I so good at it? Because I had already blown a quarter of a million dollars in ads then. That's how I'm a, I'm a master at Facebook ads. I learned through experience and trial Were and you error. running the ads yourself or did you hire yeah. somebody and you were trying different companies? I tried some different, I was running on my, well, initially I went and tried different companies and it just, I was like, this is not working. And I tried myself. And once I did that, because I understood people, I understood the audience, I understood how to test the audiences and everything, it it was on. And I literally started running ads with a $50 budget for the week. That's Mm. how strapped I was. And now sometimes it's been 50 grand in a week. You know what I'm saying? So it's crazy to look at that transition. And then you get even better. Like one of the strategies I teach my clients, once you build up all this awareness, okay, now we're just focused on retargeting. And I have clients right now that are not running one Facebook ad and they're doing $500,000 or more every single month because we put down the foundation. We do what we need to do that first year. I'm like, all right, you ain't got to run them no more. Here's, here's the, here's the game plan. Here's the move. This is what we're doing. But all of those things have come with experience and trial and error and just kind of ebbing and flowing and saying, okay, this is the idea I have in my head. Let's see if it'll work, right? And sometimes right. I would try these strategies and it'd be whole total flops. Sometimes I'd try them, I'd land somewhere in the middle and I'm like, okay, let me tweak this and tweak that and see if we can get it better. And then on occasion, I do one and I put it out there and it's just, bam, you know what I'm saying? Right there from the start. I'm like, oh my God, why did it take me so long to figure this out? 
but I got it now. You know, I got it now. I got it now. That's all that matters. But yeah, so it was a combination. So definitely on the more, I'll say, traditional business and getting in your firm contracts and things like that so your lights can stay on, that I I will be forever grateful to Anthony and Karen. And they still are with the Arkansas Economic Development Commission right now. They're amazing. And I check in with them periodically. And they're awesome. They're just out here doing the work and helping other small business owners. That's what's up. Whatever city that you're in, if you're listening or watching this right now, look into the SBA. Look into if there's an economic development center or maybe even at the local universities. There's a lot of, if you're starting to become an entrepreneur, a lot of these big time universities or even local community colleges, they have programs that are designed to help entrepreneurs and especially minority entrepreneurs to get their foot at least off the ground. And then that's when you know you have a solid foundation, you can invest in to a coach or a mentor, even in the online space. So then you can accelerate your path. And that's what I love that it, I heard you do. You didn't just take it one step. You're like, okay, I'm good. Now you're like, okay, I got this foundation over here in the offline world, but now it's time for me to start investing into myself in the online world. And so that's super dope that you were able to have this type of success, but at the same time, still give that shout out to the people who help you get started. So I love to hear that. Talk to me. Do you read or like, where do you get your, your wisdom and your knowledge from? Obviously you said experience gives you so much of it, but where do you turn to, to get all of that unconventional wisdom? Um, okay. So not to be all super spiritual, but definitely the Bible staying connected to whoever your source is. I believe in, you know, God, I know people have different belief systems. So whoever it is that you feel is your all-knowing or omnipotent being, staying connected and centered because there's something to be said for instinct and being able to listen and make the right decision even when it doesn't make logical sense to other people around you being able to come back "Ah, that's right right Right. intuition yeah your intuition and staying developed on that also i love being around people that master anything it does not have to it does not have to relate to what i do at all I learned something from everybody. So if I see you're the master at making slime, well, I'm watching you make your slime and seeing what you're doing and what your systems are and your day-to-day and your time. If you're a master actor or actress or singer, if you're a master at kickball or soccer, if you're a master at stocks, I, I don't care. It doesn't have to be related to what I do. Even I am looking like, let me see what I can learn from you. And so being able to take different things from other industries or other people and say, hmm, is this a way that I can integrate this into my system? Is there a way I can integrate this into my life? That definitely has been a big help for me. And then being around people who have common sense. I love my elders, (laughs) my seasoned saints. They've experienced a lot of life that we haven't experienced. And there are a lot of different situations that they're going to be able to help you overcome because they've already been there. They've already seen it. And I think a lot of times for business owners, we focus so much on the like the profit generation side, not realizing, too, you also have to be focused on how you feel like mentally. How do you feel emotionally? How do you feel spiritually? Because you're the head of your business. So if you fall down or if you're not, you know, doing well, then guess what? Your business eventually is not going to be doing well. Or what good is it to generate millions and millions and millions of dollars, but you die 
when you're 45. You know what I'm saying? So there has to be some type of balance. And so I love being around people who already have lived and done some things that I may be facing and being able to go to them for advice and say, hey, this is what I'm going through or this is what I'm thinking. What would what would you do? I, I would say having a counsel. I think like I have I probably have five big people that I go to in my life, my parents included. They would be two of those five. But I I do think I think younger people like our age, I think we underestimate the wealth of knowledge and information from our elders. On, mm. on, on, you know what I'm saying? On the cool, right. like having some relationships with some older people that you can go to. I think you need somebody that knows you in a spiritual capacity. I think you need, if your parents are still here on the planet or God sent you someone, you know, that they are like parents to a father or mother figure. I think you need one of those type of people. I think you need someone in a business capacity that can guide you and lead you as well, because they've overcome a bunch of hurdles and humps and can help you shake and bake on a lot of stuff that may be happening. I think you need a friend that you can talk to. I'm talking about a friend, friend, somebody that knows where the bones are very tight friend, a friend like they'll pull up and slap somebody in the face for you, friend. I think you need one of those type of people that you can talk to. And then if you have someone in your life that is more like in a romantic capacity, I think them too, because all these people know you in different ways, right? It's all you, but they know like different layers of you. And so I think when they're giving advice to you or information, you're going to find somewhere where there's an overlap. And so for me, that normally is confirmation for me or, okay, this is a path or decision that I can make because just, and you have to be careful because just because someone is really, really good at relationships, they can be trash at business. They can be trash at maintaining personal relationships. Like their business is doing great, but everyone in their life hates them. So you also have to look (laughs) and see like, what are these people excelling at? So you know what information you can pull from them. No, that's, that's so much wisdom there. And, and the thing that I love the most of what you said is you always talk about exposure, right? You expose yourself to different people who are successful in different lanes, but at the same time, different people who know you in different ways in your life. So the more that you can expose yourself, which is tough for a lot of us because we don't want to be vulnerable. So that so when you talk about that exposure, people are like, ah, but that means that I got to tell a little bit more. I got to show a little bit more. And obviously in the world of social media today, people don't have to be vulnerable because they can show everything the way that they want it with the filter, with the TikTok, or they can display mm-hmm. that message. But when you talk about those five people in those five different lanes, that's going to be a lot of people who's got to see your wounds. They got to see those demons. And so that's a that's a big thing. And so I hope somebody is able to cope with that to say, hey, she's successful and she's been willing to expose herself and be vulnerable. So that means that I can do it, too. And there's somebody out there that's going to trust and care about me and help me succeed. Yeah. And I, and that's why I said those elders, man, they're so important because a lot of them, they're not looking for anything from you. They're just proud to see. They're just proud to see somebody out here trying to do something positive with their life. And my favorite thing about a lot of them, they're not on social media. They don't even care about this world. They just care about you as a person and how you are. And so I I would really encourage that because a lot of my friends that are my age, they never really talk to anyone that's older than them. And I'm like, y'all, I'm like, I'm like, we got these seasoned saints out here in these streets, honey. We got these elders. They know stuff. They'd have been through Take advantage. Like, don't, don't, don't sleep on them. They get... They have already been through what we're going through. When people got all scared about us going through another depression here in the States, I wasn't worried. I'd already talked to two or three 
people that have already lived through several recessions, <laughs> depressions came out of them. They're able to say, this is what I remember. This is what happened. Uh, these are things that the government was doing. I'm just talking to them and getting their life right. experience. And it creates a map for you. So you know what to do or what not to do. Yeah, no, it's so much wisdom in there. If I know that a lot of the times people always say they would never, if they could go back and they, they would never change anything because their journey of how they got to today made them who they are today. But I always still like to ask the question, if there was one thing that you could change or that you wish that you would have accelerated or implemented sooner to accelerate your path to your journey and your dream and where you are today, what would that one thing be? Oh, yeah. I think that's pish posh. People are like, I would never change anything. Stop the lies you tell. Mm-hmm. Especially if you go back with the knowledge that you have, please. There are several things I would change. But my biggest thing for me is not listening to my instincts. Like I had to get whooped severely before it was like, okay, it does not matter if it makes sense to other people or not. You don't have to give people an explanation. If you're not comfortable doing something, you're just not comfortable doing something. And any time that I have got the biggest whoopings, the biggest challenges, had to pay the biggest prices in my life, and this is for me personally, it was literally from not listening to those things when I know I should have been going left. You know what I'm saying? I let other people convince me to go right when I know, you know what I'm saying? Like, for instance, prime example with my ex-husband and not to get too deep, but I there was a lot of physical abuse inside of that relationship, like a lot and a lot of emotional abuse too. And I actually talked to him and tried to call off our wedding two times. And I would let him convince me back into it. I knew I shouldn't have been marrying that person. And it ended up being one of the biggest toughest, hardest lessons I had to learn in my life. Definitely not my proudest, you know, moment, but I went through a lot, like to the point that I was depressed and I actually did not want to live anymore. And Mm -hmm. I attempted suicide. So very, very dark space and low space in my life. And after that and everything that came behind it, I was like, okay, I was like, if I'm not supposed to do something and I feel like something is telling me that's not the move or something is telling me that is the move, I'm going to listen. And I know it sounds cheesy, but it's true. Like literally ever since I made that decision, I have been able to create the life that I want to live. And it's almost like I live on rainbows and slide down in cotton candy clouds. But that definitely, if there was something I would have started doing earlier, so many of the terrible things that have happened to me in my life came behind me. I feel like I was disobedient. And not listening to what, like my instincts, my intuition, things that I knew I shouldn't have been doing, right? Or I would let someone convince me into something that even though I had a no for it, you know what I'm saying? And then just getting to that point where you're like, I don't have to give you a reason. If right. I don't do it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't feel if like I wanna it. Do it. I want to do it. I ain't going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's what's up. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I appreciate you sharing that. And again, being transparent, being vulnerable. I think that's where a lot of people are able to resonate with you, with your message and where you've came from. Like you started off by saying the humble beginnings to where you are now, because they see that you're somebody who just continues to overcome. And like you said, from the beginning, that resiliency and that consistency to work on yourself every single day and understand if I go with my gut, if I go with my intuition, I'm going to be okay. And so I appreciate you sharing that. 
the last question that I have for you, and this has been such a dope conversation, but the last question that I have for you is there's somebody out there that is super inspired by you, not only me, but there's somebody else that's out there that's listening or watching this right now and they're saying, man, I love her journey. I love her path. And I would love to blaze a path that's similar to hers. But they have that little voice in their head. And that little voice says that they're not strong enough. They're not smart enough. Or maybe they just don't have enough resources. What's the one thing that you would leave that person with to get them to just take action? Like, part of me wants to be very eloquent and PC, but I just, I got to keep it real. Yeah. If you're against profanity, if you're listening right now, plug your ears. But I'm going to tell you this is the best advice I ever got. It came from my papa. Fuck that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ever let a funky motherfucker tell you what to do. Don't ever be concerned about their opinion. I can tell y'all this. There are several unqualified people rolling around disqualifying us on a regular basis. Who cares? Like I had to, you have to start watching what people do and and what's going on. And so with some of these people, look at, look at the life that you want to live, get a clear vision of it, like clear, like, I don't care if you got to go online and take screenshots and print it off somewhere. If that's what you need to represent what it is. And then look at the people that are trying to disqualify you that are, are reaffirming these negative things that in this self doubt that you have, right? Are any of them living the way that you want to live? No, they're not. No, never. That you take, you're taking advice from people that can't even properly advise you. And then go and look at those people that are where you aspire to be. Look at their behaviors. Look at their actions. Look at what they do. Look at what they study. Pay attention to what they read. You know what I'm saying? Whatever, like who they pay attention. Success definitely leaves clues. And you're going to have to get to the point where you're going to have to learn how to speak against that negative stuff that you speak on yourself. Like, even if you really have to say it out loud, speak the opposite out loud until you believe it, because you're definitely not going to make progress if you are super negative on yourself. If you, you know, don't have any belief in your own dreams or your visions or thinking that you can accomplish things. If you are around people who are always coming down on you, and let me make this clear, there's nothing wrong with critique, but there's something wrong with condemnation, right, and criticism. But critique is going to come from people who love you. Maybe they're trying to correct you. They're trying to help you. They may see some holes that you may have missed. They may see you about to make a misstep. And so they're like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's a totally different thing when it's coming from someone who loves you and they have your best interest in mind and they want to see you win. Okay. So I don't want anybody to be like, hey, ain't nothing, everything I say is right. That's not true. Okay. But, but we're talking about condemnation. That's what we're trying to avoid. And that's what a lot of people are in. So you telling yourself that you're not smart enough or you're too old or you don't have enough money or your clothes don't look good enough or with a lot of women like, cause you know, I'm a big advocate for live streaming. A lot of women are insecure. Well, I have this gap or my skin's not that clear or I'm too fat, man, fuck all that. Whatever it is that you, that those things that are holding you down, especially in the social media streets, they're going to make you relatable to other people. Other people are going to be able to connect with that. And that's what's going to make you memorable. 
Right. It's going to make you stand out. You know what I'm saying? So before you, you rock it with a lot of people that love your gap. You know what I'm saying? You, you rock it with a lot of people that like your accent because that was the biggest thing with me. People would always try and come to me about my accent all the time. And it's the people love it. They'd be like, hey, girl. They'd be like, they'd be like say, hey, girl. Hey, hey, girl. Hey, blink, blink, blink. It's the biggest thing. It's like a calling card. So that would be my my advice. You're going to have to start literally to speak the opposite. You look towards people who are where you aspire to be, whether that's emotionally, financially, spiritually, what, whatever, whatever it is, if they, if you feel like they are killing it, they are winning in that area and you want some more of that, you watch them, you follow them, you stock, you chicken hawk, you mimic, you get you some of whatever they got going on. You adapt some of their ways, right? You learn some of their mindsets. You, if, if they got a morning routine and you want to start that morning routine, God dang it, you get, you know what I'm saying? You get into it because the people that are around you, they are, they're not there. So I would say, look at them and whatever they're doing. Okay. I don't want to do that. Like for real, for real. And it may sound harsh, but it's the truth because I watch people all the time who are totally unqualified disqualify people, peeing people's Cheerios, suppress people's dreams. And we let people do that to us. And you got to be strong enough to say, no, this is mine. This is my vision. This is my gift. This is my thought. And I'm going to bring it to fruition. And you may not believe in it and you don't have to believe in it. As long as I believe in it, I'm going to figure out a way to make this happen. I love it. I love it. For anybody who wants to stay connected with you, where can they find you at? I'm at King Ashley Ann on Facebook and the gram, K-I-N-G-A-S-H-L-E-Y-A-N-N. Pull up on me, follow, turn on notifications and stuff, send me a DM. I try and live stream at least three times a week, free courses and classes and trainings and stuff like that. And that's the easiest way. If you want free marketing and content ideas, you can text the word coins, okay, C-O-I-N-S, coins. (laughs) <laughs> to 31 31 31 takes the word coins to 31 31 31 takes the word coins to 31 31 31 got it we'll make sure that we put all those links in the show notes but remember dream nation just as you said you have to suppress all the negative thoughts and you have to take action on your dream because otherwise that dream will only merely be a fantasy that's all for this one we'll catch you on the next one That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.